show host and or a guest, whether on air or via social media, are those of the host and guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Fluent Radio staff, management, and or owners. Viewer discretion may be advised. Now sit back and enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, now tuned into the greatest. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of appropriate ages, welcome back to another episode of Because I Have a Live Mic here on Fluent Radio. What is good, everybody? We had a great championship Sunday, and we're getting ready for a a Super Bowl. A, a Super Bowl. We'll talk about it, but I think this is kind of like the most predictable yet not exciting Super Bowl that's going to pop up. Uh, we're going to talk about everything from Detroit coming back and then choking the job away. Uh, we're going to talk about Brock Purdy and how he might have uh, pushed himself up into the top 10 of quarterbacks. We're also going to talk about um, the Ravens choking away their chance to get a Super Bowl berth. Uh, we're also going to talk about some NBA as well and about Jalen Brunson being cheated out of being an all-star starter as well as is Minnesota an actual threat to you know actually win the title. Uh, but I do want to start with this because I think it's just the biggest thing is that Patrick Mahomes is now arguably – we can stop debating it. He's not even arguable. He's like the greatest quarterback we have physically seen, right? Like I've only seen, so out of the three greats, which is Joe Montana, uh, Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes, I've only seen two of them. So I've never seen Joe Montana play in live living color, right? I've only seen it in highlight reels. Like I've seen Tom Brady play his entire career and I'm seeing Patrick Mahomes play. He is now on those, that level, right? Like there's no more debating it. There's no more like kind of sort of like asking, like, is he there? It's no more of that. He is hands down in the top echelons of quarterbacks right now. Like he is no longer debating about like is he the great of this generation? He is. He like now it's just going up against generational quarterbacks, right? Like that game that he played on Sunday, while not being like his best game because the defense did hold them to 17 points and scoreless in the second half, that team was a win because Patrick Mahomes literally willed it to. Like, he didn't just, like, kind of sort of, you know, push it forward. No, he willed that win in existence, right? And Patrick Mahomes was really just outstanding in that game. Not in so much, like, making the flashy plays, but making the plays that counted, right? Like, he knew going into the biggest question marks that he had going forward was, can he win in an environment where it wasn't his home uh, home field, right? Like, he was kind of, I don't want to say he was the underdog, but I don't think people truly believed that he was getting back to the Super Bowl. And when in reality, he's probably, this is probably the weakest offense he's had since his time in the league. And he proved everybody wrong, right? Because everybody has written off the Chiefs as like not going to get there. They're probably going to be out by like the second round of the playoffs. They're probably not going to be, uh, back in the Super Bowl, and this is going to be the beginning of the end for the Kansas City Chiefs dynasty. And they did nothing more than just prove that they are still a team to beat. <laughs> and that game proved it, right? Like Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Isaiah Pachanko, Andy Reid, all of them did a fantastic job of not only putting the NFL on notice, saying like we're here for the next few years, but putting – um teams in the AFC don't notice like there is no getting past us right like you can't go over us you can't go under us you have to go through us and that's not going to happen and it's a 
Enterprise, it's a testament to how good he is because of the fact that this is the weakest he's ever looked. And the scary part is he can eat, it can only get better. Like that was why this was the year to like have them, you know, is their weakest time because they're only going to get better now because guess what? They were running it back with like their wide receiver. Number one was what Rasheed Rice, a rookie, right? Like MVS who, by the way, terrific job these last two weeks of closing out games, right? Two big catches in the Buffalo game. The big get, uh, the big catch that uh, closed out the game in Baltimore has really stepped up from the time frame where he was about to get cut. Uh, he had to walk home from the Minnesota, not the Minnesota, from the Philly game and the Green Bay game where he dropped two big passes that would have won them the game. He has stepped up to like where he has very much proven that he is still a good part of the team and could win with this team, right? He has now proven that he is, you know, a dude on a team that can close it out when he needs it, right? Like, again, that shows leadership on Patrick Mahomes because not too many people would go back to the guy who dropped, like, critical passes in a big game situation twice. Like, once, okay, twice you do that, it's an issue, right? So not too many people would go back to him, but that just shows how good Patrick Mahomes is and trusted his guys. Now, granted, he ain't got much of a choice because he ain't got nobody really to throw to like that, but it just shows that Patrick Mahomes is that dude that he will continue to go to you and trust you, unless your name is Kadarius Tony. And by the way, Kadarius, it, it, the, we all knew that y'all you was getting benched. Like you ain't have to put it online. Like we all knew you was getting benched. You the one that had to go out and say it. The Kansas City Chiefs was trying to be like, listen, we go, we ain't gonna start. You know, we gonna we ain't gonna start, but we are gonna tell everybody that you hurt. So that way, you know, they don't bring it up too much to you. So we're going to just tell everybody you hurt, you know, so that way you, you know, they ain't wondering, right? We all knew you got benched because you you had a league-setting record of 44 drops in one season. Not like over your career. In one season, you had 44 drops. Like, nobody has ever done that before in the NFL. So, yeah, they going to bench you, bro. I would be quiet and just be like, hey, you know what? Yeah, I am hurt. You know, I had, you know, his wife got, you know, his wife had the kid. That's why he wasn't there. And he could have kept saying he's hurt. But, nah, he had to get out there and tell everybody, yeah, they benching me. So, that's why I've not been on the field. Like, we all knew that. The Kansas City Chiefs were just smart enough not to be like, yeah, we benched him. Like, you the one that had to go out there and say it. Like, come on, dog. Like, use, use your brain. Use your brain, bro. You could have just kept that to yourself. But, no, you had to go out there and prove it. Now, you looking silly. Um, but no, but yeah, Patrick Mahomes is now that dude, right? Like he is now, like I said earlier, he's not competing with Joe Burrow. He's not competing with Lamar Jackson. He's not competing with Josh Allen as like, you know, quarterbacks in his time. Like he's competing with great. So like Joe Montana and Tom Brady, right? He's competing on that level now, right? Because if you compare the two numbers from this first seven seasons with the Patriots and the first seven seasons with him with the chiefs, Patrick Mahomes right now, if he wins this Super Bowl, will have the same amount of Super Bowl rings, more MVPs, more yards, more touchdowns than Tom Brady had in his first seven seasons. That is an, a feat that I don't think a lot of people would have ever thought would have happened, right? Because, again, every year since he's been a starter, the furthest he has got has been at least the AFC Championship game. He has never been out of the playoffs in the first round or anything else. He has always at least got to the AFC Championship game. Like, there is no body that you can 
compare that to outside of the greats, right? Like, and that's why he's in that conversation now, right? Like, you can put it up there where you can say, like, you know, the only person that ever really, like, threatened him was Joe Burrow, and which is true because if you want to be technical, Joe Burrow is the only person to beat him in Kansas City to go to the Super Bowl, and then Joe Burrow was the only person to kind of almost beat him, you know, last year, except for a bad, uh, what was it, a bad, you know, roughing the passer call that they gave him. Right, like it was a bad call in the mist and a very, very clear mist uh, pass interference on Jamar Chase, but here and there. But again, Patrick Mahomes is now in a level of quarterback room that not too many people see, too, right? So giving him all that credit, you have to give a lot of that credit too to Andy Reid, right? Because this was the year everybody thought Andy Reid was going to fall off. You know, they had McNaggy over there. Uh, Eric Bieniemy is gone. You know, Matt Nagy's calling the plays. They don't really look sharp. They don't really have everything going for them. You know, a lot of the blame was falling on Eric. I mean, um, Andy Reid and Matt Nagy, and they didn't do any. They didn't listen to anybody. They blocked out all the noise and just kept calling games. And then they just so happened to have that dude right there, right? Like you have that dude in Patrick Mahomes that just will will a win towards them, right? Like, that's, that's what it is. Like, you, no matter what every situation you are found yourself in, you know you're good because Patrick Mahomes has the ball, right? And that's why I am so upset with the Ravens is because they tried to play a game that wasn't theirs, right? Like, they tried to outthrow Patrick Mahomes, and that's why you lost, right? Like, you can put a lot of it on – you can put a lot of it on the coaching. You can put a lot of it on – you know, calling six design run plays, you know, eight if you want to get technical because two of those runs were design runs for Lamar Jackson, right, out of his eight rushes. If you want to get technically called eight run plays, right? All of that being said, like, if you want to look at it from that lens, you can say whatever you want. The Ravens choked this game away. Like, they had everything set up for them to win, right? In the second half, they didn't score. Like, the Ravens defense kept them to zero. They didn't score a single point. Right. You can talk about how Todd Munkin didn't call any more run plays after that. Right. Like you can talk about Zay Flowers fumbling the ball. You can talk about all of the, you know, here and there pieces that would have on. Right. Lamar Jackson choked away this game because he tried to do something that was not him, which was try to be a drop back passer. Lamar Jackson choked away this game because he was trying too hard to prove everybody else wrong that he's not a quarterback. Right. You look at the game before that. You look at the Houston game, right? In the Houston game, right, he did not look spectacular as a passer. He didn't look spectacular, you know, you know, throwing a ball, but he used his legs very well and ended up accounting for, like, 250 yards of their total, you know, 400 yards of offense, right? Use what your asset is, right? Like, everybody was expecting you to run, right? Bro, you had Dan uh, Tranquil as your spy, right? Like you can run past them. Like they would have to use a safety as a spy, which would have taken away a lot of that opportunities uh, for coverage, right? Like again, Steve Spagnuolo called a spectacular game on defense, but Lamar, you have something that a lot of people just can't accredit for, which is that takeaway breakaway speed. And no matter what, I would have used my legs to get around that. But I think the problem was, the problem was he tried to do too much. He tried to, like, prove everybody wrong, that like he could sit back and throw with Patrick Mahomes. He can sit back, you know, again, 82% of the 
the offensive plays were pass plays, right? Like he threw it for 37 times, right? He tried too hard to be like a, hey, no, 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 no. I'm going to beat him with my arm, not with the thing, not with my legs, not the thing that's going to win me the MVP. I'm going to beat him with my arm to prove everybody else wrong because I want to prove everybody that I'm a quarterback and I belong here. And like, you belong here, but you should have used what you had to get you to where you wanted to go, which was a Super Bowl title, right? Because I'm going to say this right now. I don't think, you know, I think the Chiefs are going to win. But the thing with Lamar is when they needed him to be great, he wasn't great in those moments, right? You can say, well, Zay Flowers fumbled the ball. You know, Zay Flowers got the taunting call, which, by the way, if you're an NFL, I don't think taunting should ever be a call. I think taunting is, like, why? Why? Right, like, taunting to me, there's unless he, like, teabags him in the middle of the game, then, yeah, okay, cool, call the flag. But, like, what Zay Flowers did, half the league does at that time frame, right? Like, that, that Zay Flowers standing over, you know, LeJarrius Sneed, you know, throwing the ball down, that, that, that's normal. That's, like, you see that almost on every other play, right? Like, I've never seen anybody flag it. Then all of a sudden it's now, oh, flag, taunting, right? Like, no, that's the stupidest play. That's the stupidest call I've seen, right? But, yeah, Zay Flowers taunting, yes. Yeah, Zay Flowers fumbling the ball at the one. Like, that's going to haunt. Zay Flowers for a long time, right? Like, that's going to bring him up until next season. But, Lamar, when we needed you to be a game changer, you weren't. You kind of choked. You didn't – I'll say this. You didn't trust yourself to be yourself. You kind of went back into that box of, like, I don't want everybody to be calling me a running back, and now they're going to really call you a running back that just can throw because of the fact that you did not look – as sharp as a passer, have you had in before, you know, in earlier in the season? So it's going to be hard because now this kind of once again puts that a lot of people in perception of like Lamar Jackson. If Lamar Jackson is the quarterback you think is the future, you know, they're not going to win with him, right? Like a lot of critics were holding their breath. Like if Lamar Jackson got to the Super Bowl, a lot of people would have had to eat some crow, right? Because they were saying that Lamar Jackson, you can't win with Lamar. You can't do this with Lamar. Lamar's not going to be the quarterback. That how you win with it. And he got there. He would have got there, too, if he just trusted himself and wasn't trying to press so hard and wasn't trying to, you know, basically be something he wasn't. And that's what ended up happening was he pressed too hard, and now he's got going to be looking at the Super Bowl like everybody else. Um, speaking of the other team that's going to be to the Super Bowl, Give it up for the San Francisco 49ers. Yay. Like, they're in the Super Bowl. Like, that was a very good game. <laughs> that was a very good game. Um, I guess, you know, like, I'll say this. Had Dan Campbell – Dan Campbell needs to go to Gamblers Anonymous. Like, he needs to go to Gamblers Anonymous because he was trying to do too much. And when I say darn to do too much, like, bro, like, you were up 17 – against them right like all you had to do is kick the field goal go up by 20 and like that game's out of reach but you go for it on fourth down fourth and four by the way like not like a not like fourth and one or fourth and inches like no fourth and four where you have to catch the ball and make some moves try to happen for it to go and you don't and I'll say this for Dan Campbell like I get it he was playing with house money like he wasn't supposed to be here they were like you know two to three years before schedule so you know, you might as well go all out. You know, you if you lose, it's not like he's going to lose his job or anything like that. But it's just the window that a lot of these players, especially Jared Goff, has to win a Super Bowl is very limited, right? And to me, I just think 
he should have just played it a lot smarter. Now I think, I think now that he's gonna go back and watch the film, he's gonna be like, you know what? I'm we can call back some of those, you know, extra plays and everything. Just kind of call it back a little bit more and just like do it smart, right? Like do it when you need to have it. Not, you know, when you're up and then like, okay, cool, let's try to run it now. Wait, trying to beat him down and everything. Like, I think that mindset's kind of going to like back him up a little bit more. Not too much. He's still going to go and be extra every now and then, but it's not going to come back to bite him like it did this one because he's going to look at the situation and be like, no, what? It's time not for Dan Gamble, but Dan Campbell, the head coach, right? Um, But, yeah, but again, the Lions are going to be back. I think the Lions have a great core. Um, Depending on what they do with Jared Goff, because he's set to make 50 mil, they may restructure it, trying to see if they can kind of separate, you know, get another. They really and truly need, like, probably some more help on that back end because that back end, again, this game proved that it's not as great as a lot of people think that they are. Um, They definitely need, like, another pass rusher to go along with Aiden Hutchinson. Um, They can probably find some way to restructure the contracts, right, because they have a great young core. They have, you know, Jameer Gibbs, Jameson Williams, uh, Amara St. Brown, Jack Campbell, Aiden Hutchison. They have a great core, Brian Branch. They have a good set of players there. Like I said, I just think that they need to you know, figure out what they're going to do with the quarterback position. I think Jared Goff has proved that he can still play at an elite level. Um, it's just they got to kind of figure out what they can do with his contract to kind of free up some money to kind of help out the team a little bit more. Again, I'm never for, like, giving up my money, but, you know, if that's your thing, that's your thing. Um, especially now with Ben Johnson staying, right, the OC for the Detroit Lions. It was He was up for a lot of head coaching jobs, but I think overall him staying is going to help not only develop that offense a little bit more, but help with just the maturation of Jared Goff. You know, again, he proved this year that he still has a lot of elite play left in him. I just think that, if Ben Johnson had left, he would have kind of reverted back to that older Jared Goff before he, the trade happened. So I just glad that he stayed. So I think it's going to help mature it. And now again, they're going to have to figure out what they're going to do with that running back room. If they're going to resign David Montgomery, if they're going to, you know, let him walk and have Jameer Gibbs be like the star running back there, because that one, two combo was very deadly, especially throughout the season and in the playoffs. Um, What they're going to do, like I said, trying to find another, you know, pass rush to go along Aiden Hutchinson. So we'll see. Uh, but I definitely think Detroit's going to be back. I don't think this was a fluke or, like, the last two seasons were just, like, Detroit, you know, surprising people. I think this was – I think this is a legit start of Detroit kind of being in that top, top-tier teams in the NFC, you know, with the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, with San Francisco, with the Cowboys, you know, with <clears> – excuse me – you know, with, you know, even you can kind of even throw in there Tampa Bay. You can throw in there, you know, Green Bay. You can throw in there Minnesota. So they're going to be up there in those top teams. So we'll see where that goes from here. But I do want to give 49ers the credit where the credit is due because a lot of talk was Brock Purdy and his game management skills. Brock Purdy's not really like a guy that you can trust because in the Green Bay game, he looked terrible except for the last few minutes he drove down the field. Um, Brock Purdy won that game for them because they were down. So it's not like they could just run the ball with CMC and kind of do dump dump off passes. Brock Purdy really won that game for him. And I don't think Brock gets the credit he's due because of the fact that, you know, the game manager thing with Cam and say like, oh, he's a great game manager. 
doesn't really change the momentum of the game. He changed it, right? Like a lot of people didn't want to give him the credit that he was due and he proved it. Like he proved it, right? Like he said, like, no, nah, like I am the reason why the 49ers won this game because he had to drive them down the field a few times. And a lot of those times it worked. Like a lot of those times. Now, again, the IU pass when he bounced it off the helmet of the guy and he caught it, which again was impressive, by the way. Not too, you don't see that too much often, but no, um, I think Brock Purdy, again, coming from being Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick in the draft, you know, to being, you know, the third string quarterback behind, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, well, not Jimmy Garoppolo, Pompey being behind Trey Lance and Sam Darnold and Jimmy, you know, getting to being where, like, your whole team gets hurt. You just so happen to take this team that – Everybody says any quarterback can throw in. You can throw any quarterback in there, and they look spectacular. Taking them to two NFC Championship games and now taking them to the Super Bowl to where you have an opportunity to etch yourself into, you know, basically immortality. I think Brock Purdy has proven that he's not a game manager. He is a game changer. Like, I think he's proven himself as that. I think people don't want to give him the credit that he's due, but at the same time, he is the reason why a lot, a lot of those 49ers games have been won because of the fact that Brock Purdy did it. Because, again, everybody says that he's a system quarterback, right? Jimmy didn't look this good in that system, and he's in the same system. Like, he's practically in the same team. Like, the only difference is, like, he had a full year with Christian McCaffrey, whereas Jimmy only had, like, a half, not even a half a year with him. So, like, that's the only difference, right? Like, this team has rallied behind – um has rallied behind Brock Purdy in a way I haven't seen a team do it before because, again, that's their guy. So that's their reason why like, they're in the Super Bowl, and people are actually behind him, right? So the Super Bowl itself is going to be hard to sell for people because, to be honest with you, nobody thinks the 49ers are going to win. Like, Patrick Mahomes is on that squad, and a lot of people have been throwing around the Jordan comparison to Patrick Mahomes, and I can see it. Don't get me wrong. Like, I can see it. Patrick Mahomes is the closest thing we've had to, to Jordan since I wanted to say Kobe, right? Because the one thing I will say about this, no matter what, no matter what you what happens, what the score is, when 15 is on the field, you believe you have a chance. The same way with Jordan, when Jordan was on the court, no matter what it was, 15 and 23 was going to get y'all that win no matter what. And that's what it is, right? Patrick Mahomes is just different, right? He is on a different level when it just, he just silenced everything. He slows his heartbeat down. He is able to take advantage of every opportunity, like any slip up, right? He takes advantage of it. And it's amazing to watch him like just basically be that dude to where he can will a team to win, right? Like he does, my Jujutsu Kaisen fans, like he he puts on the infinite domain and we are just living in his world at that point. He isolates everything out. And it's so, so again, I was alive when Jordan, but I wasn't really here with for Jordan, right? The first three-peat, I was here, but I was drooling. I was like one, right? The second three-peat, you know, you pay attention, but you don't really pay attention to it. So you don't really like take full advantage of like the greatness that you see before you. Like, seeing Patrick Mahomes 
silence everything from being like people saying, like I said, this is the weakest offense. This is Patrick Mahomes at his weakest, right? This is the perfect time. Like Patrick Mahomes is, you know, he's slowing down and people are going to catch up to him. And just to see him beat Josh Allen, to see him beat, you know, Tua Tungvaloa in that game where everything was based, you know, the Tyreek Hill return game and Tyreek Hill proving that it was him that got him to the Super Bowl that last time and the year before that was a fluke. To see him beating Lamar Jackson where Lamar Jackson was playing his best level of football we have seen ever. To see him just basically slow his heartbeat down and just be like, nah, I am just going to go in here and be great. It's something to behold, right? Like you've never really seen that happen, right? Like Tom Brady was different. Like Tom Brady, you know, it was there, but it's not like at this level to where you can fully process like the greatness of it. And that's why I think why this Super Bowl is so hard for a lot of people is because for all intents and purposes, the 49er is the better team, right? Like they're a better defense. They have a better um, system. They have a better weapons on offense, right? Like if you were to swap these teams, like if you swap these quarterbacks, there would be no doubt about who's going to win, right? Like Patrick Mahomes with all of those weapons, there's no doubt. But because of the fact that you have Patrick Mahomes over there, you can't sit here and be like, yep, he is it. They're going to, it's going to be, oh, you know, Patrick Mahomes, this is it. This is where it's going to stop. Like, I can't see it, right? Like, I literally don't see it. And I don't know how the NFL is even going to, like, I hate to be the NFL marketing team right now because they have to kind of push this to be like, yeah, come and watch this, right? Now, again, it's not going to be, you know, 2018 when it was the Rams and the Patriots where it was a, you know, I think it was like a 13-3 to game where it was a terrible game. No, it's not going to be like that. Um, it's not going to be bad as far as, like, the play on the field, but it's just going to be bad because people don't really believe it, right? Like, it also don't help that now people are going to have to, you know, they're going to cut back to Taylor Swift, like, every three seconds. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, I get it. She's at the game. But, guys, come on. Calm down. And before people start doing this, let's just stop this now. Guys, the NFL is not rigged. It's not. Now, don't get me wrong. The NFL is smart. They definitely were going to find a way to get the Chiefs into the playoff, into the Super Bowl. Don't get me wrong now. They're not crazy but they still is not rigged because then it wouldn't be that close like like let's, let's be honest right they gotta put up the illusion of it right and i hopefully hopefully prayerfully this kind of kills that whole color scheme you know controversy that everybody did like oh it was purple and red so that means it's the uh, baltimore ravens and the 49ers so obviously that means it like no it's not but yeah the chiefs are gonna win um it's just now Going to be how by how much, right? Like, I feel like there's not going to be, uh, it's not going to be a blowout that a lot of people predict it to be, but I don't think it's going to be as close as a lot of people think it is, right? Like, you're not going to, the 49ers aren't going to be in there, you know, basically aren't going to, you know, basically give up, but it's not going to be as close as a lot of people think it is. Um, but by the way, that week of sports is going to be hella busy because, like, the fourth, the fifth, the 11th is the Super Bowl. And then four days later is going to be All-Star you know, week. So that's going to be a crazy time for sports. Like, that's going to be a breezily, like, Jesus. That Like, I don't know who put that together, but good job. Good job for that. I feel so far for everybody on Valentine's Day because there's going to be that one day in there that they got to try to get everything in before the All-Star game starts. Uh, but speaking of All-Star, um, so there has been – 
I don't even want to say there's been controversy around this, but I just think it's people not understanding how the NFL, NBA works, right? So, of course, the all-star team, you know, starters are named and, you know, Dame and, you know, Giannis, you know, Tyler Halliburton got in there, you know, you know, the normal names, you know, LeBron, AD, you know, the normal names, right? Like they're, um, but there's been a little bit of, I don't want to say controversy, but I just think it's a little bit surprising that people are shocked that Jalen Brunson wasn't a starter. Like Jalen Brunson is having a phenomenal year for the Knicks. He's been one of the better breakout stars to come out. Um, he's got the Knicks team rolling, right? They just beat. They've been on like an eight-game winning streak. They beat the Jazz. So it's been a great year to be a Knicks fan. Again, I don't judge Knicks fans by winning. I judge them by when they win in the playoffs. So y'all can do whatever y'all want in the regular season. Show it to me in the playoffs. Like, show me there. But the problem is, like, Dame got named to the, you know, all-star starters. Whereas Jalen Brunson, who is a all-star, by the way, he's not like he was snubbed from the all-star period but he's not a starter, and people thought he should have got the start over him. And I'll tell you this, right? The NBA is still a corporation at the end of the day, right? Like, while, yes, Jalen Brunson is in the bigger city, has the bigger name right now, has been playing phenomenal, has the team rolling, Dame is still going to be a big name, right? Like, Dame is still a big name on a team where they have – the number two seed right now. They're in the top of like every news, you know, position from the firing of Doc, I mean, the fire of Andy Griffin to the hiring of Doc Rivers to everything going on with the team to where it's speculated that Giannis may or may have not gotten them fired or probably influenced them to get fired. You know, it is what it is, right? Dame has just been a better name value. The problem is y'all didn't really want that man to be the starter because y'all didn't really do anything. Like if you were in New York, Right, you ain't Gotham City, as Stephen A. always calls it, and you guys didn't, you know, push Jalen Brunson, didn't really, you know, push it for him. Like, ah, you don't see his name on any, like, you know, you don't see him in any, like, bar, you know, advertising any markets or anything there. Jalen Brunson should have been a starter because he has a better, you know, stat line than Dame. But the only reason Dame got to start over him is because he has name value, right? Like, they people going to know his name more. That's the reason why. Like, it's not anything else. It's not because of the fact that Dame isn't better, right? You can look at Tyrese Halliburton. Like, Tyrese Halliburton is a star right now, an emerging star who really just broke out, like, this year. And he got, you know, he got his name back out there because he's been playing, you know, crazy from the in-season tournament, right? Like, he's been balling out since then, right? Like, he got hurt and kind of came back, um, you know, but he's been having a phenomenal year. But his name value because the fans pushed it forward, right? Like, hey, Tyrese Halliburton is, you know, got to watch out for it, right? This, right? Dame, I think, like, in jersey sales alone, um, Brunson is, like, number seven while Dame is number five. So, like, there's the issue right there. Like, he's not pushing any units, so why would they put him in the NBA start? Like, people forget. Like, this isn't about always, always about talent. It's still about markability, and right now, Dame is just more remarkable than Jalen Brunson, unfortunately. Now, am I saying Dame is better? No, I think still Dame. I think Dame is having a phenomenal year, but I think Jalen Brunson has been pushing this Knicks team to be very better. Because, again, he's still got to deal with Julius Randle, who wants to show up and not show up in games when he wants to, right? Like, whenever Julius Randle wants to show up, he'll show up, right? Uh, but they got this Knicks. He got this Knicks team, what, I think, fifth in the East right now, in the loaded East. 
and they're a dark horse to kind of get to the end of um, the uh, East Finals, right? Like, I think they're an East Finals team. I don't think they're an NBA final team. Um, I just think with the uh, addition of o- uh, OG, I think they really pushed them over a little bit. So I think they can get to at least, if nothing else, get to the second round, maybe threaten to get to the in- the uh, finals in the East. I don't think they're a finals team just yet. I think they're still a few pieces away. But I definitely think they're an Eastern Conference dark horse final. Um, I just can't see them. I still don't see them beating like the top teams like a Milwaukee, like a Boston. I think they're slowly but surely getting there. Next year, they may be able to challenge. I just think this year is still too much on them too soon. And I, if I'm Dallas, I'm looking like, dang, we let Jalen Brunson go and he turned into a star. But I, I always tell everybody this, though. Like, when someone says, like, Dallas, you let him walk. Dallas, how could you do that, right? I don't think he would have been the dude he is in New York if he was still on Dallas just because Luka is that dude, right? Like, I don't think he would have been the Jalen Brunson we're seeing now because of the fact that Luka is already on that team. Like, Luka was the star. Sometimes you need to go away to kind of show your stardom into itself. And then once you do that, you can, you know, blossom basically, right? Like, I don't think he would have been as good. Like, I think he still would have been – he wouldn't have been the walking bucket that he is in New York. I think he would have definitely been a great number two option. But I just think you see it now in in New York, he's better as the true number one option on that squad, right? Like, so trying to say, like, you know, they let him walk and basically all of that – it's hard to say, right? Like, it's hard to say what he would have been if he would have stayed in Dallas. So you can't really fault Dallas for that, right? Like, we can all know, we all saw him be good, but we didn't know how good it would have been, right? So you can't really say, like, Dallas let him walk for nothing. when You never know what is going to happen. Um, speaking of not knowing what's going to happen, so as of right now, right, like, by the way, the West has become a very hotly contested, you know, field right now, right? Um, Minnesota, again, no one had this on their bingo card of Minnesota being the number one seed in the West. No one had, you know, the Thunder being, you know, number two, number three with, again, challenging Denver, right? Like, no one had that on their little bingo chart. Um, But I'll say this, though. I don't think Minnesota is what everybody think is going to be, right? I think Minnesota is a very good team is a very good, you know, structurally built team. I don't think they get out the first round if they stay in the number one seed. I think they I think they get bumped out by whoever is the eighth seed. Only reason I say this, and it's not from a talent perspective, because I think Ant and you know, I think Cat, I think Rudy Gobert, I think they're all talented players, right? I don't think the reason why I say that is because Cat doesn't have any type of dog in him to be that dude, right? Right. And I'll put it to you like this. Remember when Jimmy took the second team guys and played the first team guys and smoked them in like three games? Like from that moment on, I knew Cat had no dog in him and like he was never going to be that dude, right? I, I'll put it to you like this. I see Cat as kind of the new wage James Harden. Like, I think Cat is the new James Harden in the sense of he wants to be great in the regular season. Like, he wants all the accolades in the regular season. He wants to be, like, you know, score a lot of the points, do, you know, look great in the regular season. 
But when the playoffs start, he always kind of chokes, right? Like he doesn't have that dog in him. He doesn't have that mentality of like, yeah, you know, I'm that dude. I'm separating myself, right? Like he kind of pushed it off to Ant. And then like, of course, Ant is going to be that guy there. But you can see in when Cat, he just doesn't want to have, he doesn't want that responsibility of being the number one dude on there. And that's why I think they're going to lose because if you look at the teams that are like, someone in the play-in like you look at you know someone like again Golden State you never know Golden State can mess around and bump get bumped into the AC right they're ninth seed right I think they're ninth or tenth seed right now so they can mess around and get bumped up into the eighth seed right Dallas you look at Dallas right now right like Dallas is the seventh seed you never know what's going to happen they can end up falling and being in the eighth seed or stay at seven and then they can fall to the two seed you look at LA right LA has gone has a lot of issues but if L.A. messes around to get into the playoffs, the, uh, the Lakers, by the way, not the Clippers, if L.A. messes around and gets into the playoffs, right, LeBron, A.D., you never know what could happen with them. We saw it last year where they went on that run to get to the finals, right? You never know what's going to happen and who you have to face. And if you're the Minnesota Timberwolves, right, you've been the number one seed, but that's been like decades ago. Right, like Cat was supposed to be the dude that was supposed to be basically doing what Anthony Edwards is doing right now, right? Like he is not, he has never been that guy, right? Like Jimmy said it best, like you're the most talented person on the team, but you don't want it, right? Like you don't want to work for it, you want somebody to carry you to it, right? And that's the problem where I have with Cat is he doesn't want it. That's why I call him like the new age James Harden. Like he's happy to be like, yeah, you know, I'm, you know, happy to you know score sixty two points. And still lose, happy to take all the shots, but still miss the critical shot when I needed to, right? He's happy to sit there and be like, you know, we'll average, you know, a double double, you know, double double a game, but won't put any effort into like making sure he wins the game, right? So, and now you're the number one seed. Now you got people looking at you like, oh, they're a dark horse to get to the West Finals, right? They be could be able to challenge the Denver Nuggets on the title again, right? Don't ever disrespect the Denver Nuggets like that, bro. Like, you can say what you want about Joker, but when he's playing the game, he's playing the game. Like, he may not care enough to play the game, but he's in there dominating, right? Like, and you got Jamal Murray, you got M, uh, Michael Porter Jr. on that thing, you got Aaron Gordon on there. You have people who are willing to put in the work to play the game. Cat doesn't seem like he wants to, right? Like, he's been there for so – he's been there. He's been in, like, the, you know, the squalor when he was, like – fighting for the eight seed and fighting, you know, to get into the playoffs. Now that you're the number one seed, now that you have teams like chomping at the bits to kind of play you, like you don't, you can see it doesn't really separate, right? Like the game against Oklahoma City Thunder, right? Like when SJA was going at you, right? Like when you had Chet Holmgren playing ball and out, right? Like you had all of these opportunities and like y'all had, like y'all won only because Anthony Edwards once again was able to kind of push you all over the hump, right? You cannot be a detriment to this team right now. Right? Like you have to figure out like, do I really want to win a title or do I just want to be the person on the team that won a ring? Right? Cause there's a difference, right? Like there's people who win the titles and people who just got rings, right? And you're trending towards the just got a ring. Like I didn't win the title. I just, you know, I was here, I just got the ring. So if I'm cat, I have to look, you know, you gotta look at yourself in the mirror because you never know what might happen if, Anthony, like, God forbid, knock on wood, that Anthony Edwards just so happens to get hurt 
people going to start to turn to you because you're the second best player on that team, and you really should be the first. Like, you are in, you are one of the first star true big men to shoot a three, right? Like, you're one of the first big men to be, like, a point center, right? Like, whatever you want to call that, right? Like, you are that dude, but you don't want to play with that dude, and it's so – um. It's so heart, you know, heart wrenching to see like you have all of this talent, but you don't want to work do it because you don't want that pressure on you, you don't want them eyes on you, and that's that's just weird, right? So if I'm cat, I need to take a hard look in the mirror and be like, yo, what can I do to kind of make sure that my team can rely on me if anything were to happen, right? Like if anything were to happen, because Anthony Edwards is balling out, Anthony Edwards is going nuts, and if you can't do it, we'll see. Okay. So I guess we have to do this and address this, which I don't. Um, I know we, we kind of dogged on James Harden a few, you know, back when they weren't winning, when he went to the, the Clippers, and now they're on this roll. I'm gonna tell you this right now, I don't care. The, James Harden can win, can can go. Well, they probably not go that because it's over with now. But they could go on a win streak and you know pop out to be the number one seed, right? Like they're on their fourth right now. They're the fourth seed, right? So they can pop up to be, like, the number one seed. Unless James Harden gets to the finals, he can also have to win it. He has to at least get to the finals. I don't care. Like, James Harden, we all know James Harden is great in the regular season. We have never not established that factor. James Harden has been phenomenal in the regular season. It's in the playoffs where it counts. James Harden has been great. He does not be great when it counts. So he can do all of this fantastic stuff in the regular season. Him, you know, Russ when he wants to, Paul George, right, Zubats, Kawhi, everybody looks great. They look fantastic. I need to see it in the playoffs when it counts. Game sevens, because every game seven James Harden has been in, he has lost. He does not look great in playoff time. Like, regular season, we all know James Harden is fired. That's why I haven't even paid attention. Like, people have been saying, like, are you going to take back what you said about James Harden and the Clippers? Like, no, because he has to prove it. In the time frame where it counts the most, he has not done that yet. So y'all can keep y'all can keep all of that to yourselves because James Harden in the time frame has not proved it in where it counts the most, which is the playoffs, right? That's all that matters to me at this point when it comes to James Harden because just like I said with Cat, he doesn't have that dog in him when it counts the most. When everything, when it relies solely on him, right? Because it always seems like that happens, right? The universe always ends up doing that, right? You know, Joel goes and get it hurt, so now it relies on him, right? God forbid, knock on wood, you know, Kawhi gets hurt or PG gets hurt, right? Like now, now again, it all relies on James Harden. Now all of a sudden, James Harden has to actually play the game where he is the number one option. It doesn't always work. So I don't care about James Harden in the regular season. Prove it to me in the playoffs. That's all I care about. That's it. That's all. Until they do that then, I'm not going to take back anything I said. And I said get to the finals because he doesn't have to win the finals necessarily. I don't think – I think the problem with James Harden is, like I said, he has never gotten to a finals where he was the dude, right? Like – you can look at, you know, when he got to the finals, when he was a young kid in Oklahoma City, he was still coming off the bench then, you know, and then every opportunity he's had to get back to the finals, he's kind of choked it away. Again, I'll never forget the game where he went 0 for 27 from three. Like, how do you even make – how many? How do you throw that many threes up and not at least make one? Like, that, I can say this. As bad as I am in basketball, if I go 
27 times from three-point range. I'm probably at least going to make one. Like, he didn't make any. So that's the problem with James Harden is he has opportunities but never really lived up to it. So that's the issue I have with him. So until then, he can have a phenomenal um, regular season. I don't care. So that's my thing with James Harden. You can say whatever you want. That's my thing with James Harden. Uh, before we go, this did pop up, and I did want to talk about this before we head out of here. Um, the bidding war has kind of started for the number one uh, draft pick. Again, consensuous is one probably going to be Caleb Williams. Um, right now, Denver has thrown their hat in their ring saying that they would trade up with the Chicago Bears to kind of get that number one pick because they didn't want to trade away Russ to the Steelers or just trade away Russ in general. I think the Steelers would be a great fit. Um, obviously, they're not going to trade for, you know, Justin Fields. They think they're going to trade up to get the first-round pick. Uh, with them being in 12, is very hard, right? Because in, within, like, the top five, like you, know, you got the top five pick is a little bit easier. Um, to trade with 12 is a lot harder because – you have to give up a lot because for the Bears to drop down from one to two uh, twelve means you're going to miss out on a lot of a lot of like top tier talent. Like you still can find someone good in there, but dropping down to twelve is always a gamble. So it has to be something to where basically you're getting equivalent exchange for it, right? So if you give up the number one pick, I can see you know Denver probably having to give up the twelve now. Their first round pick this year, the first round pick next year, and at least the first round pick for you know the year after that, probably even maybe cut um, Cortland Sutton, uh, Cortland Sutton, you know, have a nice little number two option for you know Justin Fields for it to happen. But again, that all relies on if the Bears do want to trade that pick away. Now, again, if it's something to where you can't say no to, I'm not saying you do it right, but I don't think that right now that would be enough for them to trade it away. I think they have to, like, again, it has to be something to where it's like there's no way we can say no to this trade. And, again, I think that's going to come more from, like, the top five. So I think somebody, like, again, um, in Arizona has a little bit more opportunity because they have two first-round picks in this year's draft. So they can give out two first-round – they can give all their first-round picks this year, their first-round pick next year. So it could work like that. But also, like I said, it has to be, you know, something tangible, right? Because if that's the case, I would just keep number one and draft Caleb Williams because at that point, right? Because I've been running some sims for it, so we'll see. But I did just want to throw that out there because it did happen today while I was on the way here, so I did want to talk about that. But, no, it has to be something, like, tangible. You know, it has to be something good for them to give up that first-round pick, especially since it's, like, the number one pick. So we'll see. Uh, well, that's it for me. Shout out to Mel for helping out on the show. Shout out to Fluent Radio for putting me on as always. Until next time, guys, I got two fingers for you. Deuces.